This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15 to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker, like a torpedo. He came flying into the backfield, going for Hopkins. One-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20 at the 10. Touchdown! Oh, baby! How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry. Well, it's funny how much can happen between shows, even in the midst of the offseason. One week ago, and while we've got plenty of news, let's not waste any time as we say hello on this week's edition of the Cardinals Red Sea Report. That's right, we are year-round talking all things Arizona Cardinals. First off, MJB Train, hope everything is good here as we are in the midst of June, which means, I think, B Train, this is your favorite time of the NFL calendar because players always like like off-season workouts. Am I right? Uh, not so much, but uh, I, I'm just at this point, you're ready to just get to the season. You've done a lot of off-season training already, and, and now that you have this heat here in Arizona, you're out there practicing, you're hot, you're sweaty, and you want it to, to mean something. And right now, you're just not getting that same satisfaction until you get to August. So it's basically the waiting game between now and the start of training camp. Well, I'll say this, MJ. 88 degrees at the start of day one of mandatory minicamp. I think the temperatures rose above 90, 92 for the time that the team was out on the practice field. Let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it because the news is out there. We'll hope to hear from head coach Cliff Kingsbury momentarily about why, one, no Chandler Jones, two, no Jordan Hicks, the latter of which I think we can kind of understand, but Chandler Jones was at the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center on Monday for media day, not seen at practice during the open portion to the media. I got a chance to run into Chandler yesterday, and we don't know if he's still rehabbing. In other words, he could be at the facility. I asked him if he's going to be here today. He he did say yes. So, again, there's a couple. Jordan Hicks, uh, I'm sure there's been an agreement in place to where, you know, he obviously is, is a guy that they've put on the trade block, and so we'll see what happens there. But I talked to Chandler yesterday. He was excited to be here, and uh, you know he's under contract for this upcoming season. So, you know, we'll just see what happens. Now they were not here last week for OTAs. That's voluntary. AJ Green also not in attendance last week. He was here today at mandatory minicamp. B train. We talked about the voluntary versus mandatory. How much of a big deal to you is it that not Jordan Hicks, but Chandler Jones? I know he's coming off that biceps injury, but not present during practice. Well, we don't know what – it is a big deal, first and foremost, because you're talking about one of the best defensive players on this team. And so anytime he's not here and everybody else is here, you're going to have questions come up. Well, why? Why isn't he here? I don't know the answer to those questions. I haven't spoken with Chandler personally, so it, it, it's irresponsible for me to speculate. But at this point, until we hear something from him, I would just assume that it's been talked out and Coach Kingsbury knows and it's something that we just haven't been privy to Till now, so we'll have to wait to hear from Coach or hear from Chandler and let it come from their mouth what exactly is going on because anything other than those two speaking on it really is going to be speculation. 
Good point. And again, Kingsbury addressing the media post-practice. We'll get you the latest on that here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. But when you look at outside linebacker, and again, Dennis Gardak present but not practicing coming off that ACL injury. But without Chandler Jones, it does mean extra work, extra reps for Devon Kennard and Marcus Golden. Those two players now all of a sudden become that more important. I understand, MJ, it's June. We've got a long time to go before September 12th at Tennessee. But missing your number one edge rusher, does leave a huge hole here in the offseason again i'm you know and yet you don't want to yell fire in a theater because it is june and he is under contract but yeah i mean it's, it's opportunity for some other guys to get some reps and you know dennis gardick we don't know what his situation still rehabbing from an, an acl injury maybe he starts on pup canard is in camp marcus golden's here and you got some other guys so Again, you can never have enough depth, and maybe that's a position to consider looking at as an outside linebacker. Um, but Chandler is going to be here at some point in time. And those extra reps or extra opportunities, a Kylie Fitz, a Reggie Walker, and it is hard to miss six foot seven Jamel Garcia Williams out on the practice field. B train a six foot seven outside linebacker. You put your arms up in the air and all of a sudden you're like nine feet tall. I don't think I've seen someone of that height, that size, rushing a quarterback. Well, you look at Jason Taylor. Jason Taylor was about 6'6", and he was a guy that's some Hall of Famer, obviously, and you don't see very many of them, but there have been a few examples, and uh, I look at a too tall Jones, the guy that, you know, if we want to go way back, there have been certain anomalies, if you will, certain guys that had that height but still had the ability to play at a very high level, and so... Uh, there's going to be challenges, but there's also going to be advantages when you're that tall, and, and hopefully the young man can go out and, and take advantage of the opportunities given. And if he is uh, given the, the right direction, which I'm sure Coach Buckner will uh, give him, I, I think he has a great chance to, to really make a dent in this league and, and find a niche oneself. 264 pounds. I mean, his arms go to his knees. I mean, I don't know what his wingspan is, but he he stands out in that huddle. Yeah, yeah. second-year player out of UAB, again, talking about the outside linebacker position that right now is at 9. Earlier in the week, it was at 10, but Sharif Miller was let go because the team did make a move on the defensive line, adding Xavier Williams to the group. Now, there are 10 defensive linemen on the roster. It's a familiar name, MJ. Played 23 games for the Cardinals from 2015 to 2017 undrafted, yet here he is once again following stops with the Chiefs, Patriots, and Bengals, and I think now all of a sudden some depth specifically at nose tackle for that defensive line. Yeah, and Corey Peters is still a rehab, and maybe the Cardinals will take a look at him possibly you know, going into the season. Xavier Williams will come in here and be your backup nose tackle, so he'll be your depth guy, and then obviously competing with uh, Lucky Foto and Richard Lawrence, and, and again, you can never have enough bodies. He's familiar with uh, some of the, uh, the players on the roster since he was here. The Cardinals didn't want to lose him, but he was a restricted free agent, and the Chiefs made a tender offer. And at that point, you just let him go because you know the compensation wouldn't have been involved, and they were already paying some guys on the D line. But I think he'll be the backup nose tackle when they go into the season. I do remember that off season and how he was able. Again, he wasn't a star, but he certainly was a key contributor a role player not all of a sudden he was able to get 
it's an offer that the Cardinals weren't able to afford. But now all of a sudden, B-Train, this is the time of year in which teams kind of reassess their roster. Where do they like their depth? Where they don't like their depth? We'll get to the Darquez Denard signing at cornerback a little bit later on in the show. Another key pickup this offseason. But Xavier Williams, again, that familiarity. We talk about relationship building and relationships within the NFL. There might not be as much of a relationship with Xavier Williams and this coaching staff, but certainly familiarity with the front office and the Arizona Cardinals. Well, he's familiar with, with Brinson Buckner, Coach Buckner, and, and that's, that's the biggest relationship that needs to be there. And, and having prior experience with him and knowing that he's going to be his position coach, he's going to deal with him for the majority of his time. And, and a guy that is already familiar with Arizona, a guy that, that went off and, and won a ring with the Chiefs, uh, he brings that veteran leadership. And, and when you start talking about this time of the year, you want veterans that can set a tone, that know how to be a pro, how to approach uh, mandatory camps, how to approach uh, OTAs and, 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 and things that are uh, required in the community. You, you need those, those men to, to set the tone for the young guys. And, and I think also you got to be able to play. I mean, it's one thing to, to do things off the field, but you better be able to still get it done on the field. And I think Xavier Williams has, has shown that when given the opportunity, uh, he can really come in and help a team. So this makes all the sense in the world. He already knows the area. He's familiar. And I think he's going to come in and, 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 like Mike said, provide great depth on that defensive line. He's carved out a nice little career for himself, MJ. This will be his eighth season and undrafted free agents. I mean, there is a short leash, and there are not a lot of success stories. Under the Cardinals, Tony Jefferson, we always point to that one. But certainly Xavier Williams, I think, again, a credit to him and the work that he has put in his second stint with the Cardinals, but now entering year eight. Well, when you're a guy that looks like that and you can play the nose and you know how to split double teams and you can be a space eater and, and allow your linebackers to shoot the gaps, I mean, you can never have enough defensive tackles when, when the game's worn in the trenches, whether it's on the offense or defensive line. So he gives them a little flexibility. But I, I'm I'm here to say, though, I, I think Rashard Lawrence and Lucky Foe, too, they looked the part. I mean, it looked like, you know, last year they were swimming a little bit. Uh, they got, you know, hard coaching from Buck. He kind of got to break them down and build them up. So I like that rotation inside. And we'll just have to wait and see what happens with Corey Peters as we get closer to the season. And I know you had your eye on number 93, David Perry out there, 6'2", 317, fourth-year player out of Stanford. He, as a descriptive here, Bird Gang, he looks like a bowling ball out there, someone who can certainly fill up the gap. Yeah, I was talking to some of the guys on, on, on the sidelines there just looking at the players in the media, and I guess he hasn't played a lot of football lately, but man, his bull rush and the way he's able to you know accelerate off the edge, so Obviously, working with Brinson Buckner is going to go a long way. We'll see what he does when they put the pads on. But he's a guy that looks the part. Now it's a matter of um, you know, going out there and doing. Another guy was really impressive, number 97, Jordan Phillips. Looks healthy again, looks motivated, and it's only going to help the steel line when it comes to getting pressure on the quarterback and stopping the run. By the way, David Perry has not played since 2018. Let's stay on the defensive side of the ball and in segment one here talking about what went viral, as they say, over the weekend. B-Train, you had to have seen this. J.J. Watts and rookie Zaven Collins on Saturday golfing together and the day before the rookie says hey JJ I'll bring breakfast what do you want and then JJ informs us that well Zavin showed up but he showed up without breakfast how does that happen as a rookie trying to impress a veteran I don't know how it happens but I'm sure he paid a heavy price and he's going to continue to pay a price between now and the start of the season 
because a veteran like J.J. Watt's not going to forget that anytime soon. And you're just looking for reasons to, to give rookies a hard time and to, <laughs> to make sure that they are humbled. And uh, I think this is going to be one of those to-be-continued type situations where there will be different instances where J.J. will put on Twitter, hey, this is what I did to my rook this time and so stay tuned there's more to come well the more to come was later on that day because the punishment as recommended by kyler murray was to roll zavin collins down the fairway and literally the video which i think is up to two hundred fifty thousand views on the jj watt twitter account but Literally, Zayvon Collins is rolling down the fairway, and I think I heard the voice of defensive coordinator Vance Joseph in the background, MJ, and he's rolling down the fairway as it's skidding harder and harder for him. And then, of course, the grass is wet, so he's getting wet and dirty, and yeah, it was a lot of good fun. Yeah, rookie hazing, right? Exactly. In In a good way. And he did bring breakfast later. He did, and he also gave some to DeAndre Hopkins as well. It was a lot of fun to follow what happened on Saturday. Season 4, Episode 2 of the Emmy Award-winning series Cardinals Flight Plan is available now via the Cardinals' YouTube channel. Flight Plan takes you behind the scenes of the Cardinals' draft, plus an inside look at the recent rookie minicamp. Go to youtube.com slash azcardinals. Hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of the action. Speaking of the rookies and Cardinals Flight Plan, We'll discuss Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons straight ahead here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Each team with a timeout, a minute four to go in a tie game here in overtime, 34 piece. Gotta get a stop here. Third and 14. Play clock at one. Snap to Wilson. Quick throw over the middle. Picked off. It's intercepted at the 40 yard line. Isaiah Simmons has it. Running far side of the 45. Out of bounds at the 50 yard line. 57 seconds left. Cardinals have the ball and a timeout. The rookie made a play. Isaiah Simmons is right there with the sweet hands. What a catch by Isaiah Simmons. His first career interception, his first career sack. The victim, Russell Wilson of the Seattle Seahawks. And Isaiah Simmons, I think, MJ, in that second half of the season, the light switch went on, and he acknowledged it as one. We got to see more of Simmons on the field that second half of the season. Not so much in the first seven, eight games, but and I think that was to be expected for a lot of those rookies since there was no offseason for the 2020 rookie draft class, but more is expected here this year. Yeah, and Vance Joseph said on the Big Red Rage that, you know, he obviously was targeted in week one by Kyle Shanahan. That's a smart offensive coordinator, you know, considering he played nine different positions in college, but he never made the same mistake throughout the course of the year. And the fact that that's on film now when you play a team in the division, they're going to be aware of him. And I I think he, like any other player, they need an entire offseason. He needed preseason games last year. I'm expecting big things from Isaiah Simmons this year. Well, they are getting much-needed reps with Zayvon Collins and rookie minicamp, and now Collins and Isaiah Simmons here in OTAs and mandatory minicamp. By the way, Jordan Hicks and Chandler Jones, according to head coach Cliff Kingsbury, not expected to be in attendance during these three days. There was no real reason given, but that was what we heard from head coach Cliff Kingsbury momentarily. If more news breaks, we will certainly give it to you right here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, which comes every Tuesday at 11 a.m. here on the Arizona Cardinals Red Radio Network. Now, the reason that 
Collins and Simmons are being looked at a lot is because of what's going on with Jordan Hicks. And then certainly B-Train, when you look at the expectation, because from day one, we were told by the general manager and the head coach that, yes, Collins is going to be the Mike linebacker. Zayvon Collins also will be starting at inside linebacker. So these reps, whether they're at half speed, full speed, or a walkthrough, huge this offseason going into the regular season. Absolutely. And when you have two young players like that, they're going to need every single rep that they can get. As a veteran, you're not really concerned about getting reps in OTAs and mandatory minicamps in June. You're worried about getting reps in late July and August, right before the season starts, because those are the reps that are going to be the ones that get you ready for the regular season. But when you don't have the on-field experience that these two inside linebackers have, and we know youth is served, and it will be served here on this defense in 2021, they've got to be able to get those mental reps as well as physical reps and and be able to understand the mistakes that they may be able to see it on film and then come back out the next day and and improve on what they just saw because just getting those mental reps is good, but there's nothing like the real thing. There's nothing like being in the huddle, being in the middle of that defense, making those calls, seeing the offense line up and, and having to adapt and adjust on the fly. Getting your hands dirty as opposed to just watching it in the classroom, MJ. Now all of a sudden you're digesting it and then you're going out and executing it, even if it is at half speed. Well, I'll give Zayvon Collins a lot of credit because, you know, as a rookie and, and the fact that they uh, declared him the number one day starter is he had that rookie mini camp, and it's different when the veterans get here. I noticed during the open portion of practice today, he was getting guys lined up. I mean, he was getting guys lined up. So I just think this is very valuable without stating the obvious. And then you get him some preseason games. And again, he's got enough leadership on that defensive side of the ball to help him out. Now, you like to have a veteran guy behind him and Simmons, like a Jordan Hicks, if he was uh, able to be here. You know, situation obviously dictates he's not here. But. For the most part, though, you know, with J.J. Watt and Jordan Phillips and then you throw in Marcus Golden and when Chandler's here and then Buda Baker and then Malcolm Butler, they should be able to help him. But his job is to get lined up. But I think going through that rookie minicamp, kind of getting his feet wet, watching the film, knowing that he made some mistakes, when here I think he's more comfortable and confident making the calls. But Vance is like on his hip every single time you watch these guys walk around the field. Well, and so is his position coach, Bill Bill Davis. Davis. Last week on the Big Red Rage offered his assessment on how Zayvon Collins is adjusting to life in the NFL. So far, we put nine installs, and within each install, there's about 10 to 15 calls, defensive calls that you have to learn. And we've got through 10 of them now, and he is – He's really got a great aptitude for picking up and understanding and digesting the scheme so far. And this is why I think it's great, MJ, that we have Bertrand Berry on the show weekly, a man who played defense, played under Bill Davis. And you hear that last week on the Big Red Rage B train, and it's one thing to know what you're supposed to do. It's another thing to do it within a matter of seconds, split seconds, because you can have that defense lined up, and then all of a sudden the offense motions, and you have to react as a Mike linebacker and make sure your teammates are where they're supposed to be. I keep saying this, and I know I sound repetitive, but it's all about the eyes. He's got to make sure he trains those eyes. And the fact that he did this already in college, doing it at Tulsa, this is going to be huge as far as the transition and, and the uh, the adjustment to 
this level because it's going to happen a lot faster. That part you you can't know until you're actually on the field. But the fact that he doesn't have to do something completely different with his eyes, that's going to be key in how fast he picks up uh, his ability to read on the fly and react. So I, I, I know with the proper amount of reps, he is going to be a, a very good linebacker. And I think this year he has the chance with all of the guys around him, in front of him, and behind him, to really find that niche and, and really come in and, and make plays and help this defense be successful. He was that Mike linebacker at Tulsa, and that is exactly where he will be most of the time. I mean, he is the quarterback of the defense. You might see him do some different things. He might, he might rush, he might drop back, but he is a Mike linebacker. The man next to him, Isaiah Simmons, there is a little bit more asked of him. In fact, there was a lot asked of him a year ago. More from Coach Davis last week on the Big Red Rage. It is very, very frustrating for an offense to see Isaiah out there and not be able to identify his position. Is he the other safety? Is he the Sam backer? Is he the Mike? Is he a Mo? Those identifications to an offense has a lot to do with their protections, how their blocking scheme will unwind. So we find we get a pretty good advantage by moving him around a little bit as long as he can handle it. And he's proven, especially at the end of last season, that he absolutely can handle multiple positions. But the home base will be the inside mower dime linebacker. Coach Davis also, MJ, on the Big Red Rage with Paul Calvisi and Ron Wolfley discussed that Simmons trained last year at six different positions. Three at linebacker, free safety, strong safety, and nickel corner. And again, home base, inside linebacker, but that's not to say he won't be moved around. Well, remember when they drafted him, we're going to slow play him. He's going to be the the weak side linebacker. And then in training camp, we got a chance to see him. And it's smart on the Cardinals' part. He was working out with defensive backs when it comes to covering. And here, you know, obviously injuries dictated down in distance. And so that's when they moved him around. But um, that's to me his upside is the guy that can do more. I, I like to see him rush the passer. He could be in the slot covering a corner, uh, wide receiver. He can cover tight ends down the field. I think he can come up and run support. So I think he's a guy that you let him roam. And I like the way that he said mower, dime backer. Um, I, again, I, I think if he puts the work in and and the game kind of slows down for him, he's going to have a big year. Again, like Collins, a three-down linebacker. And we don't when you don't have to rotate players, be trained on and off the field, given whatever the offense is showing you, how much easier, at least right now as we speak, looking things on paper, how much easier of a job for Coach Joseph to call the defense when there might not be as much rotation because he knows he can count on Collins and Simmons as those two inside linebackers every single down. And you start looking at the combination of the duo. We, we, you look at some of the more uh, successful teams that we've seen in, in recent history from a defensive standpoint. You even look at the NFC West. You, you go with the Seattle Seahawks, Bobby Wagner, K.J. Wright. You look at the San Francisco 49ers and what they were able to have, Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis. And then you go Luke Keekley, Thomas Davis. Those were all three-down linebackers, and, and those defenses thrived because those two linebackers never went off the field and they were able to be versatile, they were smart guys, and they had a wide range as far as what they could cover. And So I think the Cardinals envision that for, for these two men, and if they can accept that role and really flourish in it, then I think you're going to see these two play alongside each other and Cardinals have great defense for a number of years to come. 
Both are listed, talking about Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons, at six foot four. Two trees, two pretty trees, as Cliff Kingsbury liked to describe them. But having those two guys in the middle of the defense, that can only mean good things, according to Coach Davis, as far as in the improvement of the overall defense. Points allowed per game are what we really have to focus on. Our sacks were high. Our turnovers, I think, are going to increase. One of the things you get when you get the two, six, four inside backers who can move and run. Now, as a quarterback, when you try to high lowest and you've got a, a short little uh, stop route in, a, in, a, in an end behind it, trying to throw over those two inside, you, you're going to elevate your pass a little bit. The safeties are going to get more balls, I believe. I think there'll be more tips and overthrows, and tips and overthrows in the NFL turn into interceptions. <laughs> 11 interceptions, B-Train, the Cardinals forced last year. And I would expect, as Coach Davis say, that number to go up, especially if you can get your hand. You don't have to knock the ball down or even uh, get those interceptions as an inside linebacker. But if you're getting an opportunity for someone else, maybe in the back end, to get their hands on a football. It's going to be imperative that, that both are able to play in space. If they can play in space and they can get to their coverage – and they can really man a, a large area and really expand that because of their size, it's going to be very difficult to really expound on what Coach Davis talked about. Not only are they going to get their hands on balls, but they're going to be able to react to the ball a lot faster and be able to cover more ground because they're, they're just taller and they're rangier. So I like the idea of, of, of these two coming in and, and making an immediate impact. They've got to make sure that they get into the playbook and know their assignments and know what they're supposed to do on a given play and you start getting into the sub-packages, they've got to know that as well. But if they're able to, to get all of that down and, and play with a real sense of, of confidence, I think you really have something special here. I think it all starts up front, obviously, when you got a guy like Jordan Phillips, 6'5", and J.J. Watt, 6'5", and if they know the guys are in pass protection and you're not going to rush the passer, what's the first thing you do? You put your arms up. Now they got to throw through lanes, and then – as, as Billy Davis pointed out, tip balls lead to interceptions in the NFL. Cardinals had 21 turnovers or 21 takeaways last year. That ranked 18th most in the National Football League. Yes, they had a number of sacks, but you want to get that ball away from the offense and in your offense's hands, and that's what Coach Davis was talking about last week on the Big Red Rage. Single game tickets are on sale now. Visit azcardinals.com slash game ticks. That's azcardinals.com slash game T-I-X. One of those players who hopes to be getting his hand on several footballs, new to the Arizona Cardinals, but not new to this defense. Darquez Denard, we discuss him as we have hit halftime here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. in the shotgun, waiting back at the 27-yard line. His pass caught by Chris Moore, bobbles it, loses it. it, and it's intercepted <laughs> by Cincinnati. Dark Preston Arch putting back to the 30, down to the 25-20, following a convoy to the 10, yeah. the 5, touchdown! Wow. Darquez Denard! Darquez Denard snatches it and takes it to the house. 
Well, let's hope we hear Dave Hash and Ron Wolfley describe a Darquez Denard pick six here in 2021. That's from the Bengals radio network as Denard last season with the Falcons, but his first six seasons with the Cincinnati Bengals and now an Arizona Cardinal. As we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry, and more and more teams, B-Train, are looking here in the offseason to figure out, all right, where do we still need some help? And the Cardinals late last week felt that they needed some extra help, at least some experience help at the cornerback position. So Denard is here. And now you've got four guys in that cornerback's room, Malcolm Butler, Robert Alford, Byron Murphy, and Denard with some legit NFL game day experience. And that's what you want, especially at that position. You don't want to be too young at that cornerback position without somebody being able to to help him and, 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 and groom them, if you will, to become a veteran. And, and of course, we all know Patrick Peterson is no longer here, and, and we appreciate his 10 years of service here. But you had to move on and, and move on the Cardinals have done. And I think it was a great move to bring a, a veteran in at this point because you just want to have somebody that, that gets it and knows how to practice, knows how to study, and the younger guys that they brought in, they can learn from this veteran. And now that you've got four veterans that, that have had that experience, everybody behind them is just going to fall in line and, and do whatever they've done in order to set the tone. You look at Denard on the field, we're number 30. He's 5'11", 205, as you mentioned, eight years in the league. Very similar size to Malcolm Butler, who's wearing number 21. Butler's 5'11", 190, obviously 31 years old. Um, but I do like the size, and if you look at his uh, history based on you know coverage, he's a good guy in run support. He's, he's pressed coverage at the line, which the Cardinals are looking for. And this takes pressure off for Marco Wilson and Tay Gowan. These guys are going to be here in the future. Now, we'll see how many make the actual roster. Obviously, they like to retain your draft picks, but it kind of loosens things up, and I don't think they're done there. If there's another veteran cornerback that becomes available, I think they want to flood the position. Then the question becomes, Craig, how many cornerbacks do you keep versus safeties? Usually keep nine back there. Is it five corners and four safeties or vice versa? Well, the wild card in all of this is Robert Alford. I've made no bones about it. A big fan of Alford. It's just we haven't seen him on the football field the past two seasons. I'll say this, though. He looks very smooth out during the open portion of practice that we as the media get to see. One of the notes on Denard, and I think this is important, there is some familiarity with Vance Joseph. He, Vance, was Denard's DB's coach his first two years in the league in 2014 and 2015. So I'm sure that helps. And we've seen this, MJ, with history with whether it's Vance Joseph in Denver and Houston and now all of a sudden a big with Cincinnati. Sean Williams is here. A.J. Green, obviously offense versus defense. But that relationship and going to whether that's Steve Kime or someone in the front office saying, look, I've coached him. I've looked at the film recently. He's still got it. Let's bring him in for a look. Let's just go back a year ago. Drake Kirkpatrick. He got familiar there. The Cardinals needed a corner. And look at Jonathan Joseph. He had a connection there when he was in Houston. So that's, you know, again, you're not going to go to bat for somebody if you don't believe in him. And he believes in him, and that's the reason why he's here. And, again, you can never have enough depth at that position. And, uh, again, Robert Alford looked good last year. I mean, he looks the part. I know he's motivated. Now it's just a matter of staying healthy. And uh, I'm curious to see how he plays in the preseason because every time we got a chance to watch him in training camp, he was physical. 
at the line of scrimmage, you know, little trash talk going back and forth in a good way. So I think he brings out a lot of competition at that position, whether it's offense or wide receivers or cornerbacks. Depth chart-wise, Malcolm Butler would be your number one cornerback. Greg Williams, the cornerback's coach of the Arizona Cardinals, recently on the Big Red Rage discussed the experience that Butler brings to the defense. He's had a chance to be in multiple schemes. Uh, so I think he can adapt to whatever we want him to do and whatever will help the team win, stay right, stay left, or travel. Uh, he's done it all, and he's, he's more than willing to do that in this game as well. Five foot 11, 190 pounds, entering his eighth season, talking about Malcolm Butler. And B-Train, we uh, forgot to mention one big thing that happened in between our most recent show, and this does affect Malcolm Butler in the cornerback position, but we talk about that week one contest against the Tennessee Titans and it's Butler's former team. But now all of a sudden, B-Train, we've got Butler against Julio Jones, the newest addition to the Titans offense. Yeah, and I look at that, and it's a luxury, I think, for the Titans because I still believe that their formula for success is to run the football and then play action. So I don't know if Julio is going to be what he was in Atlanta as far as the number of receptions and and the the yardage that he was able to attain. I I think they had to move him, and that made the most sense. So I don't know if he's going to be that that huge difference maker at this stage due to his injuries and all those type of things, but – as long as we're doing what we're supposed to do, I don't get so concerned about other teams and their personnel. If, if Malcolm Butler and the rest of this secondary comes in and is in sync with the linebackers and then they're in sync with the D-line, then it's just a matter of, of, of plugging in different numbers and different systems. But we're going to go out and, and do what we do. We're not going to worry about the other side of the ball. It'll be interesting to see, and we'll have uh, plenty of time to chew on it leading up to that first game against the Titans. But you know, we know that Malcolm Butler is a guy that likes to go against press coverage. They have A.J. Brown on the roster, so who covers the, the speed guy? Because, let's be honest, if he's going to have to cover a speed guy, you're going to need over-the-top safety help. So maybe Robert Alford draws, draws that assignment. And again, who's on Julio? You want to get a bigger physical receiver. Now, don't forget a couple years ago, Byron Murphy, not out of, it wasn't planned, but he was covering Julio Jones. The Cardinals won that football game, and I don't think they want to do that again. Yeah, that was 2019 with Alford on the shelf and Patrick Peterson unavailable because of a suspension. All of a sudden, Murphy finds himself opposite number 11, Julio Jones, and I don't expect that to happen week one against the Titans this year. Well, we know everything's predicated on man-to-man, but sometimes you're going to have to play zone. And oh, by the way, you're going to have to contain Derrick Henry. Yeah, I'm looking forward. It's a great matchup. <laughs> and again, a lot of time between now and then, but it certainly did make a lot of news around the league with the acquisition that the Titan made of Julio Jones. On the Cardinals front, as far as the cornerback position is concerned, I think you made a good point, MJ, as far as now you don't have to rush a Marco Wilson or a Tay Gowan. Yes, they'll be on the roster. That is the expectation, but some extra experience, some veteran leadership, if you will, with Dark was Denard. And then you look at Malcolm Butler, who's Certainly, again, we'll be looking at that week one matchup against the Titans, but don't forget his history with the New England Patriots. He's been a part of winners before in the past. He believes, let's go back to when he was introduced by the Arizona Cardinals, he believes that the Cardinals are on the verge of making a push here in 2021. I most definitely think we can make a push. Guys get older and things like that, but if you're doing the right thing with your body, uh, you staying focused, you committed to the game, you committed to one goal, and that's just winning you know what I mean if everyone have that same mindset that's what we're gonna do and I'll ball harder this year you know I, I was what 
They had my best year at the age of 30. Age ain't nothing but a number over here. Turned 31 back in March, B-Train, but we're seeing more and more players play well into their early 30s, even into their mid-30s. Yeah, and shout out to the late great Aaliyah with that AJ number, the number. I like that. And I think guys are, are, are really making sure that they're staying in shape because now with the salaries that, that they're making, they're able to do that. And, and they, they understand that uh, the technology has improved and, and so they can really hone in and, and, and uh, make sure year-round that they're doing what they need to do to be successful on the field. So um, the, the fact that there's, there's, there's more outlets to, to stay in shape and, and there's more incentive to stay in shape because with the salaries of staying uh, on the increase, uh, you want to make sure that you're in a position to, to, to benefit and, and, and reap what you sow. And if you put the work in, then you, you get paid. It's really that simple. So uh, guys understand that. And, and as it stays competitive, guys are going to do whatever it is, which staying in shape is part of it, to make sure that they can uh, be in line to, to have a, a nice payday. As a reminder, Butler played 97% of the defensive snaps last season. The only player with 100-plus tackles and four or more interceptions. To his point about how well he played last year, he thinks he can be even better coming up this year, and the Cardinals are banking on that as well. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, and of course this show, The Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. As we continue here on The Cardinals Red Sea Report, when we come back, some players that we believe might be deserving of some more attention this offseason and certainly we hope come the regular season. That's all straight ahead. Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry right here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Two years, up to $9 million for Marcus Golden, and this one made a lot of sense for both sides. Remember, they let him walk in free agency, then he went to the Giants, then they traded him back and found more success in Arizona. This is a guy who wanted to stay, seems to have finally found his home in his old home. The year I had in New York was real tough on me. I felt kind of thinking about retiring, man. To get traded to Arizona during that season, I know they know what I can do in this defense, so I figured I'd have a chance to be back in. I know the love the organization got for me and the love I got for them, so I figured we'll make it work, and we did. This will be my third time back with the Cardinals. This is a blessing. I'm excited, and I'm ready to roll, man. I'm ready to roll. Uh-huh. Eight games started, played in nine last season. Talking about Marcus Golden, three and a half sacks, 15 quarterback hits, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery, one interception, and two passes defense. Yeah, he loves putting on that Arizona Cardinals uniform. Uh, snippets of Cardinals Flight Plan Season 4, Episode 1. Again, two episodes in the books. Go to youtube.com slash azcardinals, and you can catch all of the Emmy award-winning series Cardinals Flight Plan. His third stints and MJ kind of reminds me of uh, Carlos Dansby. Three different stints with the Arizona Cardinals. You just can't get rid of these players. And the key is, you know, Dansby, obviously, you know, he, he got, you know, money whip him in Miami. Marcus Golden wanted to be here from day one. You know, unfortunately, 
He was coming off the injury. They had to make a decision who they were going to pay. And then, you know, the Giants made an offer to him. And, you know, anytime you make a coaching change, your, your role is going to change. And so that – but he always wanted to be here, and I'm glad he's back. I mean, he's he's a fan favorite. He plays a lot of energy. Um, he speaks the truth. I mean, he's a guy that just brings a lot of um, – physicality to the defense and you can't have enough of those guys golden re-signed in mid-march march March 15th to be exact be uh, interesting to see what we can expect out of him with a full season now with this defense but b train as we take a look at this roster as far as the conversation in the offseason the names that have dominated the headlines yeah everyone likes the shiny new toy and it's the free agents it's the draft class but when you look at some of those names maybe it is a mark Marcus Golden that, yes, is back with the Arizona Cardinals. And it doesn't have to be a defensive player, but is there a player or two that you have high hopes for this coming season, either based off their history or based off something you saw a year ago? Rashad Lawrence. I I, I, I root for the young man. I I think coming from a a winning system in in LSU, I I think he was – I think he, he he was hurt a little bit because he didn't have that off season. Um, some most rookies need that off season in order to really flourish. Some are able to just pick it up and go, but I think he would have really benefited had he had the OTAs and the mini camps and the preseason games. And I think all those things, and then along with the injuries, they 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 really uh, they 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 hamstrung him, if you will, no pun intended. But I, I just think him having this time now. And to go out there with the with the full off season, I, I think he's going to really impress and show uh, why the, the Cardinals were so high on him last year. Yeah, an injury to his calf limited him to nine games. Rashard Lawrence, and then you can throw in Lucky Fotu, MJ. I think those two are going to be connected at the hip as fellow draft picks. Fotu also missed three games with an ankle injury, but when you talk about a defensive line that needs some youth infused into it, along with a veteran in Jordan Phillips and J.J. Watt, those two in particular, I'll even add uh, Zach Allen as well. You've got a group there that can be a core for a defensive line group. Yeah, and everything I'm hearing that they're really impressed the way these guys have worked this offseason, whether it's in the weight room and just studying the position. You know, last year they're kind of thrown the mix when Corey Peters went down. You know, let's be honest, the last couple of years they've been thin at that position. Um, so for the most part, yeah, I mean, that's why I think they went out and got Xavier Williams. But you know, that's a good call. I didn't think of that because I watched him today. He looks the part, and, and you know, he's learning from Jordan Phillips and, and guys like J.J. Wad, and so uh, he's going to be well coached, and it's just a matter of him getting some opportunities, and we know that there's going to be a rotation on the defensive line. You want these guys to be fresh not only in September and October, but also November and December. And I can only imagine B-Train being one of those young players, whether it's Lawrence Fotu or even a Zach Allen, all of a sudden you've got J.J. Watt walking into your position meeting room and J.J.'s been very open and he's willing to teach and now it's just a matter of these young players having the courage to go up and ask for advice, not only maybe on the field, but off the field. And that's going to take some time. They're 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 going to have to get over the fact that it is freaking JJ White in in the meeting meeting room with them. So they're going to have to get over that. That's going to take a little time, and then they're going to kind of watch him do his thing for a little bit. So I think by the time they get to camp, they'll have the courage to go up to him and just be like, "Hey, how do we get to that level? Because we've seen you do it for ten years at a really high level. How do we do it?" And and I think. J.J. Watt seems like the type of person that he is more than happy to show young men because he understands it can't just be just him. 
he's going to need the help of those young men to make sure that he has his overall success as well as the team's success. So um, I think they they are they're in a great position to learn from a player of, of J.J. Watt's caliber. And if they take the lessons and, and J.J. is willing to give them, then I think this could be a, a, a great marriage of, of young and old talent. Yeah, who's flying under the radar? I think those are quality names. Marcus Golden, as B-Train mentioned, Rashard Lawrence. Now let's look at the defense, and you know I'm sure there's somebody on offense, but we kind of know what that's going to look like. The safety position opposite of Buda Baker. They really like Jalen Thompson. He's got to stay healthy, but they went out and got Sean Williams. He's a veteran guy who was in Cincinnati. So I think going into camp, Jalen Thompson will be the starter. But if he can't stay healthy and Deontay Thompson and Hammer Connor alternating, Sean Williams could be a pleasant surprise. Maybe not the first month of the season, but as the season progresses, so you got a good, nice one two punch there. We know Chris Banjo can play on teams. They also drafted another safety in Wiggins. He could be a practice squad guy. So uh, Thompson's got to stay healthy, but I think Williams is going to be right there pushing him for competition. Yeah, ready if needed. And with Williams, remember, he was mainly a special teams player last season. He wasn't needed to be that safety a year ago, but maybe that is the case this season. I do want to point out one player on offense, Speed Train. I think this is the influence that you have on me and this show because I always look at the line of scrimmage. Josh Jones, I don't know if he will push for playing time right away at either guard or tackle, but here is a high draft pick that this team was very high on. He saw limited action last year as that sixth offensive lineman, but I would like to see what he is capable of doing because he certainly does look the part as far as the measurables are concerned. But does Josh Jones... Is he given the opportunity to kind of be more than just that extra offensive lineman? It, the time is now. They, they've got to make sure that, that he is ready to go. And I know he's going to be coached up. And it's up to him to take that next step. It, he's only going to go as far as, as his mind lets him go. And, and if he's willing to put in the work and do, the, do the, the hard work from a physical standpoint as well, then I think he can really take that next leap forward and, and be a, a mainstay on that, that front for a lot of years to come. Third round pick in 2020, 6 7 3, 10. Talking about Josh Jones out of Houston. We'll have to see because that right guard position is wide open, I think, with respects to how this team will line up left to right across that line of scrimmage. We'll have to wait and see how it all plays out. And we will continue to discuss the Arizona Cardinals in one week's time. Mark it down, 11 a.m. every Tuesday all year round as the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Special thanks to Jim Omohundro, Cody Fincher working hard behind the scenes. For Bertrand Berry, Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next week here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Middle of the field of the end zone. Kirk, he got it. He's in. Touchdown. Buda Baker with the sack. Stripped the ball. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown. Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.